0: One verse today. The title, I'm going to do a series on climate change. I am not an opponent of climate change. I am an opponent that we can proudly think we can take out God's creation without his foreknowledge. But I'm not talking about that kind of climate change today. I'm talking about one verse that's been on my heart for a long time. And as I prayed when I was away last week about it, it's 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Father, I thank you for that verse that you spoke to Solomon. God, we want to see revival. It starts with us. Father, I am a firm believer that revival starts with repentance. When your people who are called by your name have the courage to seek you in prayer, and to say lord create in me a clean heart renew a steadfast spirit within me when i cry out to you lord show me what is in me that is not of you and we don't get beaten up by your response we get encouraged by your love by your correction lord we can read all through proverbs where it says a fool does not take criticism let us not be fools Father, there's some people in here today that have been stuck in the mud because of life choices that veer off from your path, Lord God. Speak to us your encouragement today, Lord. In your name, amen. You know, last weekend I had an opportunity to visit a good friend down in Houston, man. You know, I met a lot of good people, good friends, had some amazing food, um, and I got encouraged i also found out i really stink at shooting pistols talk about humility i was the only one left at the range and i turn around and there's all these people watching me i mean, say don't you have anything better to do they said nope but the second one i shot i hit the target at least but you know what I came away encouraged somebody asked me this week can i say something fireworks didn't go off i wasn't in these meetings and all of a sudden i was skipping and it wasn't that it was a quiet resolve from the lord saying we got this we're going forward you know we live in tumultuous times ukraine you know the the church the church that i went to have the the conference with you know they they sponsor churches in the ukraine and they go over there a couple times a year So we look at the Ukraine. We look at the political upheaval in our country. We look at the economic hardship. We look at COVID, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of hardships. I left Houston, 85 degrees, came back to ice. I jokingly invited some of them. I sent them a picture said, hey, you want to come visit? And they said, no, uh, we don't like your weather climate and we don't like your political climate. The first part of this earth speaks volumes to believers in what our responsibilities are. And today I wanna to talk about, let's commit to humbling ourselves before the Lord. Revive us, O oh Lord. Like I said, there's nothing earth-shattering that happened to me last week. I'm going to say one thing, though. It is so cool to be with 130 men, and you're just worshiping the Lord. Because if you go on a conference like that, you want to be there, and you're not holding back. I remember once when I first started pastoring, when a guy came up to me and said, men don't worship. I said, that's cool. Show me that in your Bible, and I'll agree with you. In the next few weeks, I want you to be praying because one of the topics I'm going to talk about when I talk about climate change is the role of men and the, how the church is being feminized and the country is being feminized. And the fact of the matter is, men, got, you got to stand up. But don't worry, I'm not going there today. Kevin Brown of Ashbury University talked about the revival, and this is what he said. I have observed radical humility Compassion, honesty, confession, and life-altering commitments. The thing I love about that is a lot of times when we have seen movements as of late, we, we focus on the wrong thing. We idolize the manifestation rather than focusing our eyes on Jesus Christ. And as I've looked at different um, revivals that are happening around the country, I got excited. Today I read that Rupp Arena in Kentucky they're having a meeting. I'd love to see one at the whatever the Syracuse Dome is now called. But I like what he said. It's radical humility, It's compassion. It's honesty, confession, and and life-altering commitments. I've read a few places, I haven't watched it yet, but the the sermon that preceded the movement wasn't anything spectacular. See, that's God. We think we have to hit the right chord as a... Speaker speaks, or the, 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 the just has to be perfect worship, but it has to be hearts that are humble and seek God. They have two weeks of prayer and worship at Ashbury. Second Chronicles, if my people, church, we have to get serious. Some of you are struggling with things that you have struggled with for decades because you don't look up. You don't surrender. You don't do what Joanne encouraged us. All I have is yours, Lord. When I was kidded about living from New York State, I said, you know what? That's where God chose me, chose to put me. We can complain about, I know you guys would never do this. This is why I feel so free to talk about it. We would never complain about our governor. We would never complain about our president. We would never complain about our, that's a lie because I read Facebook. But guess what? It starts with you. And it starts with me. If my people are called by my name, humble themselves. You look at the Old Testament. When God wants change, the leaders prayed. For God, not to forgive the governor, not to forgive the president, but to forgive them. Humility starts with us. It's funny. I I, last weekend I I was away and I I prayed and I I thought, you know, I'm going to preach on this. Then I get a devotional from Greg Laurie, and in the devotional the day I decided, boom, I'm going for it, was on this verse. I'm excited that in a couple weeks we're having three days of prayer and fasting. I'm thinking we ain't meeting in the sheltering room because that's limited. And I'm thinking so many, why do we choose the sheltering room? Because we're not stupid. People don't come to prayer meetings. That's a lack of humility. Let me be bold. Pastor, you're going to manipulate. No, I'm going to be honest. You don't come to a prayer meeting. You're placing yourself before God unless you've got something really important to do we want to see this church change, because I do, I'm going to sacrifice. Guess what? I love to eat. Can't believe how much weight I gained last weekend. One morning we got up, I had a cinnamon roll size of my head, and I got a big head. <laughs> I knew Jesus loved me. We need to prayerfully look at our lives. We need to repent, commit, and submit. Let me quote Greg Laurie again, if I may. If I go the right way. The prescription revival. Y'all want revival. You want to see a Stoigo state bursting at the seams for Jesus Christ. It's to humble ourselves. Oh, we don't like that. Because humbling yourself means, can I say it in Beaumontese? ease? Get over yourself. God ain't going to move the way you want him to. He's going to move the way he wants to. The prescription for revival is to humble ourselves, to seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Next point, hold nothing back. I heard a joke last week. Why don't they allow Jesus in jewelry stores? He breaks every chain. Hey, I'm not going to sell Fran roll out by saying he told me that joke. But hey, you know, I, I I laughed. So King Solomon prays, and if you don't get the joke, I'll explain it later. Um, at, after he prays, God answers him. He confirms to Solomon his commitment to forgiveness and restoring the people, and he confirms to Solomon that he's going to permanently keep. The line of David on the throne. But there's two requirements. You gotta repent, and you have to worship God alone. You have to keep the covenant. You know, I heard a teaching last week on truth, and I knew it was good because Guy's name was Pastor Bow. Truth is truth. We live in a country. We live in a world that wants to redefine truth do you mean what's a man we have government officials that don't know what's a woman can't really tell you i'm sorry truth is truth but what happens is we gravitate toward people that like the same truth we have be it sexual orientation being finances being whatever but the fact of the matter is Truth is an absolute, unchangeable truth, regardless of public opinion. Well, it's not a baby till it's born. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That's a lie straight from the gates of hell that's a truth many people embrace and they can lay their heads on their pillow at night in peace because that truth makes them feel good we rationalize a lot of our behavior i mean you know what there's a big moment here a lot of people don't believe in hell why did jesus talk about that more than heaven a lot of you know I, do i like the fact that my unsaved loved ones go to hell no but i know that that's their choice Because God gives us a way out. You know, there's a lot of people, there's there's a a famous pastor, I'm not going to say his name, but right now he won't say the Bible says, he says, Paul says, because the Bible is written by men. There's more of a movement. I feel better if I don't have to say the word of God is unchanging and is truth forever. Pilate in in John 18, 38 says, what is truth? I can tell you what truth is, because Jesus answered it. I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's say Melody. I'm using her because she loves me, and you. I don't know if you're hitting me or not. Let's say she's Satan she's not she's an angel I'm just for st- there's no way you're going to heaven then the rest of you the only way to heaven is that door right there so what is she going to do she's going to lie to all of you you can call me Allah you, 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 you can be a Muslim. I'm just trying to think of other religions off the top of my head. I can't. It doesn't matter. You can be an atheist. Boom, 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 boom. Guess what? That door is Muslim. That door is another religion. That door is atheism. That door is something else. You're all going to hell. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't go through that door, you ain't going to heaven. We don't like that. I liked on Facebook, I saw young, this young man, must have been in early 20s, they said, why would a good God send people to hell? I loved his answer, he doesn't. We're on our way to hell. He offers us a way out. So if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you have your own identity, and your own identity can never get you into heaven because you are a sinner. My identity is Dick Beaumont, a child of Jesus Christ, so that guess what? I am a card-carrying member of Jesus. When God looks down, he doesn't see the old Dick Beaumont. He sees the new man filled with the Holy Spirit. He sees his son. repentance paves the way for revival please don't downplay the places where you need help when I sin when we sin that is falling short of what God has for me we can't accept that lifestyle last week at the end of the conference to god we had a five-hour drive home we had five guys in a little Nissan Road Praise God, I'm a pastor, and these southerners respect that, so they put me in one of the front seats, even though I tried not to. But so I got to admit, man, we're done, and I just wanted to get out of there. Hey, who has testimonies? But I like the guy. He said, We give you 30 seconds, but then I start cutting off your toes. And once you can't stand anymore, you're really done. But anyway, this guy got up there and he was in ministry for years and he just had a horrible time and basically walked away from God. And he got this big burly Texan and he's just up there sobbing, man. And I liked what he said. I'm not going back. Hey, church, are you going to go back? Are you going to walk out this door any more firmly committed to Jesus Christ than he wants you to be? I'm asking you, I'm encouraged. I want to encourage you guys today. You guys are awesome. I want to tell you, I was, I was in a different world last week. I missed you guys so much. And those aren't just words to make you feel better. It's truth. Let's start right now. Let's start right here and say, God, show me the places I don't line up in of you know. You are cutting corners, and when you cut corners, you tie God's hands behind his back. He will not bless sin, but he will help us when I say, God, I'm falling short, I'm doing this again. Help me, please. Like Randy said, you hang on to that water. You do this all day. I can do this for 20 seconds. I don't want to do this for 24 hours. I want to take the burden of my sin and place it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, help me. Find somebody you can talk to, but please talk up the food chain. What I mean by that is don't just find a friend who is going to pat you on the back and say it will be okay. Talk to somebody who will hold you accountable. Talk to a leader. Talk to your small group leader. And if you're not in a small group, you should be. Talk to me. Talk to an elder. Get accountable in your life because our goal is what paul says i press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus i do not do this i find this to be very hokey but we're going to do this i'm going to count to three and we're all going to read this verse together one two three i press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus the devil will do anything anything to hold you back i had to laugh the day before i went to texas i spent four hours in my car two different times waiting for aaa to come on tuesday when friend was taking me to an airport All of a sudden, his tire starts to go flat. Thank you, Lord. We found a tire fixed station really quick. It's called warfare. Because I'm going to tell you, why did you talk about that? Because when you decide to press on, the enemy is going to come against you. You're going to get distracted. You're going to see sickness. You're going to see people get upset with you. You're going to see your financial woes occur. You're going to see this. You're going to do that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That doesn't mean you can walk on water. That means you can answer the call of God on your life. So we need to press on, church. We need to get real with God. We need to repent, which is change your mindset to go a different way rather than the way that you like to go. Finding healing is my last point. You know, in 1 Kings 9, the first five verses, God, Solomon's praying, God directs him, King Solomon. He said, I want you to live with integrity. I want you to live with uprightness and obedience. In this passage of 2 Chronicles, Martin Selman writes, in this passage of 2 Chronicles, God invites his people To take advantage of the enormous and unexpected benefits God gives through prayer. One message I have heard wholeheartedly last weekend and throughout this week, and I've been talking about this for years and been hearing this for years, is church, it's time for us to wholeheartedly turn to God. To give him our whole life. What do you mean by that? I give him every aspect of my life i give him my finances i give him my thought life i give him my free time i give him whatever he wants because one thing i'm going to tell you serving god it's not based on priority it's not based on convenience it's based on a willingness to be wholeheartedly surrendered to God. Some of you are listening to lies that the sin that has gripped you has, has so infiltrated your life that you can't possibly change. And God is saying, it's "Time today the Lord is saying, This freedom I want to give you. You know, many of you have seen the movie I Have Not, the Jesus Revolution. Hey, man, it's Jesus people movement of the 70s. This church was a direct result of that movement. I want to see revival with our young people because they haven't experienced what we have. And I want to see this happen. And I know I'm going to be challenged. But I want God to do in me what he needs to do. We want to see God powerfully move in this country. I want to see God powerfully move in this community. I want to see him powerfully move in this church. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Fasting is an act of humility. One thing that if you ask any pastor in America, he's going to tell you, Self-denial does not preach well in the American church. When I talk about self-denial, a lot of times you see people bristle. You might even see people agree. You don't see people living it. Self-denial is saying no to you. I practiced last week what I preached. I went to this retreat, and after the meeting, you'd get together in small groups, and then we'd go back to the the big hall, and there was a guy there that was kind of by himself, and one of the things that I, I, I always tell you, after the service, ask God who you should talk to, give God five minutes of your time before you talk to your buddies and and you know there's people over here that the guy i came with i really wanted to hang with but no i I got my coffee i sat down we just talked then we had breakfast together then we hung out and you know what it did something in me it's like god who do you want me to talk to let's go do it and i got excited it wasn't anything major but when we say yes to God he moves I do believe as I talked about that that repentance ushers in revival so let's ask God for forgiveness when I talk about repentance I'm not, we're not pushing people down we're lifting you up some of you this bondages that you have been you have been in for years and God says I want to help you be free from that because to me I heard it said once and I love it Sin is like eating a donut when you're on a diet. I mean, if you go to Wegmans and get one of their peanut donuts, if you're on a diet and you eat that, it's so good until you finish it. Then you feel like crud. Why? Because of the guilt. I shouldn't have done that. Sin can be pleasurable. How can you say that? If it wasn't true, we'd all be saints. Goodness gracious, it appeals to our senses. So God is saying, Yeah, I know what you've been doing. I want to set you free. One of the, one of the testimonies last week, there's a guy there. He came and he said, Hey, I have been sober for seven days. This other guy with him, he was a member of a SWAT team. Should have seen him at the range. Um, he said, "I've been, I've been, I've been sober for three years, and I'm walking with this guy now. We have an accountability. That's what the church is." The church is we reach up and we have somebody help us but we make an oral commitment God I'm gonna follow you right now I'm excited for our future but right now we're gonna in a few moments we're gonna close in a worship song but I want to ask you to commit your life to Jesus Christ if you have never said Jesus I'm yours forgive me I want to live for you as we do that song I want you to do that and maybe you've known him for decades I want you to recommit to Jesus, to say, all I have is yours. It's time to change the climate in the church. Because the climate in the church looks way too much like the climate of the world. And God says, I'm going to change this climate, New Covenant, because then I'm going to change the climate of Oswego, New York. I'm not going to wait for other churches. They have their role. Guess what? Even Grace does not have our call. The Zorigo Alliance does not have our call. Reformed Presbyterian does not have our call. God is saying, if my people who are called by my name may humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Can we have the worship team come up as we sing? I'm going to ask you to commit your lives to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to say, God, everything I have is yours. I want you to move, Father. I'm going to be yours. I know it's not going to be easy. It's not easy for me. But I'm saying, God, everything, help me get over the places where I have. Lord, right now I'll come before you. Help us, Lord. Reveal to us, even as I'm speaking, Lord God, your spirit is moving. Show us the places, Lord, that we are, sometimes we're in habitual sin, that we just feel like I've been doing this for so long, I don't know how not to. But the way is, Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And when we turn to you and say, Jesus, help me, you never ignore that prayer. We can't do it on our own. I can't break that chain, that bondage, Lord. But you can. And I feel like the Lord is just saying to each and every one of us, rise up, child of God. For a new day is upon you. Don't look back. Don't go discouraged. But Paul says, I press on. When I read those words, it doesn't mean a leisurely stroll down the beach. It means he presses on through the hardships of life. So would you stand as we sing this song and commit your life again to the Lord.